Welcome to the 36th episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence. Now, as you remember, in episode 35, positive intelligence coach Cher Stoller and I discussed coaching overwrought parents of children whose abilities, sensibilities, and behaviors go beyond expectations. And as you know, the ultimate goal of positive intelligence is to regulate the imbalance between the left and the right brain, or to put it more simply, uh, to turn down the volume of the voices, those saboteurs, that come from the left brain and turn up the volume of the voices, your sages and wiser self, that come from the right brain. Now, today we have an excellent guest, and he's in Shanghai, China. Colin Thompson is the founder and chief executive officer of Oligai Enterprises in Shanghai, a minority-owned company focused on business consulting, coaching, and training. Colin is a certified positive intelligence coach and holds his coaching certificate with the International Coaching Federation, the ICF. Now, as a result of his consulting, training, and coaching services, individuals, teams, and organizations have developed and enhanced work and leadership skills essential for success in both personal and professional environments. So we're, we're excited to have you uh, with us, Colin, and welcome to Podcast PQ. So, Charlie, thank you for having me on your show. It is great to talk about positive intelligence. And interesting question, tell you a little bit about me and the audience as well. I'm an C-B-J-L-I-C-M-T-A-C-W. Right. That's, that's a mouthful. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, I've been living here in Asia now for over 14 years. And one thing I've learned here is that people always introduce themselves as acronyms. For example, if you live in Asia, you often hear ABC, American-born Chinese, uh, ABS, American-born Singaporean. Um, so I say C-B-J-L-I-C-M-T-A-C-W, which means I am a Canadian-born Jamaican living in China, married to a Chinese woman. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, so uh, what brought you to China, Colin? Well, I tell you what, I was not, I was, I still am. I am the son of double immigrants. My parents were born in Jamaica, and they immigrated from Jamaica to Canada, and then from Canada to the U.S. So from the way I was brought up, it was always about learning about other cultures, embracing other cultures be it Jamaican culture, Canadian culture, American culture, or the Caribbean culture. My father always instilled in us the need, the need to explore the world. So one of the things I grew up with was always having a desire to get some experience living abroad, not simply spending time with my Asian friends and my Jamaican friends, my Spanish friends, but really living in a different culture outside of a short vacation. So I had, you know, one of the safest ways to get experience abroad as long as vacation is to go there through a company, through a short-term short assignment, because it's much safer. They really protect you. Um, I joined a company in 2006 called IBM, and primarily it was because I knew IBM could more than likely get me abroad. And they did that in 20, 2008. I did come here to China. And a lot of people say, Colin, why did you choose China? It's because that's where they told me I was going. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you go. <laughs> when uh, when you when you got there, that's when you be, uh, developed a an interest in coaching. Uh, 
tell us about what 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 drew you to the the field of uh, coaching so i look at coaching first of all as a plug in the gaps of motivation and also really a way to maintain momentum of motivation and i'll tell you what i mean by that growing up i always developed had a habit of being able to motivate people either through my actions or through my words and primarily it started out being through sports I was always able to motivate my team to work harder, go harder, yada, yada, yada. And that part of me never left. I'm always, I've always been somebody who believes that we can achieve anything we want as long as we believe in ourselves. So I'm going to say in, in 2000, in the early 2000s, my friends really started coming to me consistently for a little bit of motivation. Colin, I, 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 I want to get this job. I don't feel I can do it. Can you motivate me? Talk me into it. Talk me into it. I loved it. I, I love doing it. I love being a resource for my friends and family who needs some inspiration. What happened, though, Charles, in time, those same friends came back for more motivation. And the first few times you motivate somebody on a specific goal, you feel good about it. But after a while, they're coming back on the same goal. You're seeing there's no real progress there. Yeah. So one of the things I want to see was what can be done to really have, have this motivation stick. The, mo the momentum does not go away. I had no idea what that was. Now in 2000 and I want to say 2014, 15, um, internally here in Shanghai, I was asked by a internal coaching team to join them on top of my regular role to join them and become an internal coach. I think they saw the way that my my coworkers and my team reacted to me so they wanted me to sort of spread that to others uh, at the time if you talk to me about coaching i'd probably laugh at you because my my background in sports was so big that to me the only thing that i knew about coaching was sports coaching so mm -hmm. coaching in life it didn't make sense to me however after taking some internal training and the internal training was interesting um we had a lot of tries where you're coaching other coaches and that was that was interesting, but I didn't really see the impact there because you have to make up issues and you talk to the coaches. But the very moment I coached my first leader, a light bulb went off. And I was like, wow. The second time I coached that same leader, I was, I was, I was sold. I was sold. You, were, you, now, you bought into it at an, at an early time. You knew what you, want, you wanted to do. You knew you really liked it. So I knew that it impacted people quickly. Yeah. And what I loved about it was you're not giving somebody a little motivation and saying, okay, go off to the world now. You're sticking with them as they go on their journey and helping them get past the obstacles that have gotten in front of them before. So to me, the coaching was the last piece I, I missed from really being able to help people go from where they are to where they want to be. So then you, uh, when did you uh, decide uh, to, to depart from IBM and do coaching full time? Yeah, that was... 2000 and the decision came in 2017 and it came really from my wife my job was moving from shanghai to beijing and my wife said no <laughs> <laughs> no we are not moving to beijing and I, I i understood that and i agree with that so there was there was no other opportunity for me with ibm in shanghai so i said you know what now is an opportunity for me to take to better myself, because I've always wanted to go full-time into coaching and into professional speaking, but I never did that because I had this faith 
job. So I decided, and my wife agreed that that was okay. She gave me the sign off. I thought, decided to really go for my own, starting my little boutique, my boutique company, a company of one person, doing consulting, training, and coaching. That was 2018 when I left IBM and started this, this boutique company. Yeah, well, Colin, uh, you know, I'm, su- I'm sure our listeners are interested about the coaching environment in China. Tell us a little bit about that uh, up to the time that you, uh, you found positive intelligence. Yeah, so it's very interesting. If you go back five years ago, coaching, this is Shanghai. Coaching in Shanghai, I would have to really spend more time telling people what coaching is. If I was at a barbecue or a cocktail party or out somewhere, and I say, hey, yes, I'm a coach, I'm a life coach at ABC, I'd really have to spend time and tell them what it was and sort of convince them that I'm being serious. <laughs> a lot of people never heard what a coach was. And then something very interesting happened in 2020. You may have heard of, it's called COVID now, back then it was called coronavirus. Coronavirus uh-huh. first, first hit here in China. And when it hit here in China, it then went on to, as you know, to infect the world. So one of the terms that was really spoken spoken about a lot during that time was mental health, mental health. So back in 2020, people really started suffering and really looking at their mental health status. Organizations were concerned about their employees. What this did, a lot of people then wanted some sort of support, but people still feel that um, therapy, counseling has a a stigma toward it. It it shouldn't, and it doesn't. But people were more open to get coaching than they were to to go for, to see a therapist. So here in Shanghai, during that time, a lot of people really did their homework and started on their own to understand what coaching was. And in Shanghai, you have really two groups of people. You have local Chinese, which make up about 90% of the population here. And then you have foreigners. And both of these groups have different needs. For example, foreigners, they have to learn how to really make it in China, make it in Shanghai. A difference between being a foreigner or an expat in Europe, um, Africa, uh, other English-speaking parts of the world is you can still understand the culture a little easier. But in China, the language and culture is so different, a lot of people were having troubles really making it here in China. So part of my coaching focuses on expats living here in China. But you also have Chinese, local Chinese. And any business you start in China, you have to be able to attract local Chinese. Yeah. Local Chinese, their main thing is how do we get ahead? The, the competition is so fierce here that from a very, very young age, the Chinese kids are told what to do, told what to study, told what to major, told where to go to school, told what job to take, told when to get married, told when to have kids. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that they're not living their authentic life. So I have a lot of Chinese clients who really want to learn how to be themselves regardless, well, not necessarily regardless, but be themselves without fracturing the family structure. So the, the coaching environment now is, is leaps and bounds where it was even just two and a half years ago. I no longer have to explain what coaching is so deeply. Often people say, oh, yeah, you know, I know about coach. Well, I've, I've been coached before. Or I've heard about being coached. Wow. So that sounds like you really are stepped into the perfect environment with the right product to sell right now. It sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, what, <laughs> Colin, what, um, how did you get uh, 
wind or learn a little bit about positive intelligence? So back in, back in 2018, when I graduated from my coaching program, one of the benefits of the coaching program is that you're in there with a group of people. And, and that group of people during my program was 26 weeks. During that time, I was able to build relationships, support each other. Once we graduated, everybody scattered. Yeah. Everybody scattered. Because we had folks on from all the, all the corners of the world. Once the program finished, people scattered and put the focus back on their own lives. I felt like I was missing out on a tremendous resource. There was no coaching support group to help us continue to learn and share tricks of the trade. So I decided, let me, at least here in Shanghai, let me create my own. So at this point, I'm starting to get to know new, more, more and more coaches. So over time, I built up a group of about say, 30 coaches. Um, we called ourselves the Shanghai Coaching Collective. Mm -hmm. And from time to time, on a monthly by monthly basis, we'd have different webinars sharing techniques. Now, there was a coach who was in that group uh, out of, from Germany named Tillman, a very good, good friend of mine now. He actually heard of positive intelligence. I have no idea where he heard it from. But he put this out there in his training group, his coaching group. And I think for that cohort, cohort six, I think we had about 30 or 40 people who joined that cohort. So it was a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people that heard about it. And I'm not sure how many are still using it, but it was it was the buzz of, of a coaching uh, uh, area network for, for a while last year. Oh my gosh. Well, now, once you learned about it and participated in the cohort and, lear and learned uh, the techniques and the different uh, skills and the different powers of the sage and so forth, what did positive intelligence actually bring to you into your coaching practice, um, you know, for something that was missing in the past? Well, well, I think that, I think personally, personally, it gave me the ability to maintain a high positive attitude. And I think, you know, the term positive intelligence quotient, right? That is overall your ratio of happiness to sad, percentage of happiness to sad. Um, it helps me do a better job of maintaining a positive, happy mindset. You know, you can call it your, your having being able to maintain a high level of mental fitness. And of course, mental fitness, the ability to what go through life in a positive mindset as opposed to a negative mindset. So that's what it, it did to me. Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you something surprisingly. I was shocked that it worked. <laughs> and actually, I think you're yeah, getting a big crowd. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, it's, it's still working. And the reason I say that is because I've done other programs in the past. I think we all have. And some things don't stick. And when I went into this one, I said, well, it's only six weeks, and I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do what they say. So when it doesn't work, I can't say, well, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> so I went there in that attitude. And around, around week three or four, the shift occurred. Yeah, And I'll tell you more about that later, but that shift occurred. So now when I'm coaching clients, I'm coaching them using particular positive intelligence tools. I know they work. So I'm not spending any time trying to sell them these tools. I'm using them all the time, showing them how to use the tool and benefit from the tool. Yeah. So yeah, that's one thing that I think very, very positive about the program. I know it works. So it makes coaching much easier when using tools you know work. 
it sounds like you really integrated the principles of positive intelligence into the way you were coaching. Uh, now, you, you, we touched a little bit on the niche that you have uh, carved out for yourself for expats and for locals. Tell us a little bit more about that and how, how it's working out. Yeah, so let me see. I want to explain it this way, give, give an example. We have a term here, and you may have heard of it, called trailing spouses. Are you familiar with that term? Well, uh, say it again. Trailing spouses. Okay, no, I'm not familiar. Okay, so my niche area, or one of my niche areas, are expats. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what typically, typically happens. I mentioned before, one of the safest ways to get experience abroad is to go through a company beyond a short-term assignment. You'll find a lot of families who are here on short-term, two-year, three-year contracts, whether they be professional, corporate, corporate side, or whether they be teachers teaching in, in, in an international school. Typically what happens is the family comes here as a unit. That could be... Um, husband and wife, or it could be husband and wife and their children. What happens though, is when a family unit comes here, it sometimes means somebody gave up their job. Yeah. Somebody is no longer working. So imagine no longer working, coming here, being in an environment, very different culture. Yeah. You can't even communicate with your, your people because you don't speak the language. You find, and then you say to yourself, you know what? I'm no longer contributing financially to the family. I don't feel like I'm valuable. I feel like I'm a shell of myself. So a lot of the clients I have are really looking for ways to embrace the time they have here. And it's, it's hard to do. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, um, Charles, if a traveling spouse is a man, the, the challenges they're facing mentally is even tougher because as men, we feel that, we, maybe falsely, that we should be the leader of the house as far as earning and, and providing for the family. Mm -hmm. A lot of men tell me, a lot of men who are traveling spouses, they tell me consistently they don't like going out anymore. I said, why don't you go out anymore? Well, because we know somebody's going to say, what do you do? Yeah. And how do you say, um, well, my wife is, you know, vice president here. My wife is working here. I'm just here. Um, <laughs> I'm baggage. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, they feel like that. So and it's, it's, a false, it's, it's a false feeling, right? But so a lot of times I really help expats really improve their experiences here while in China. And then for my Chinese clients, again, we talked about it. A lot of Chinese clients, I'm not going to call it imposter syndrome, but it's a version of it because they're living what they feel is an imposter life. They don't think that people, they don't think that they're not skilled, but they're not living the life they want to live. They've, they've, been, they've been told all the life what to do, and they really want to do something else. And now they feel like they have to do it. And every day that they don't do it, they get more miserable. Or, or, I'm sorry, they get miserabler. Well, now, so uh, so what's the mix between your in your practice between your expats and and Chinese clients is it 50 50 or what would what, what? I've been very fortunate I've been very fortunate that I am almost at 50 50 but I do certain things to make sure that I'm always attracting more clients both on the, the local Chinese side and on an expat side mm -hmm. okay that's super well now what are some of the rewards that you're seeing uh from your application of positive intelligence first of all you, you touched on them a little bit but first of all, to your uh, to your clients, when you've uh, used different elements of positive intelligence with your clients, what are some of the rewards that you're seeing uh, from applying positive intelligence? Well, 
You know, I think, um, and let me get some background first. Sure. Yeah. 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 Some so, too, some examples. Yeah. Great. Okay. 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 So initially, when I started using positive intelligence, I found it a little difficult to apply it to my coaching practice. Yeah. It was challenging because it was hard to find the appropriate openings to inject certain PQ concepts. For my existing clients who weren't familiar with positive intelligence, they weren't aware enough of the concepts and our sessions weren't the place to educate them. Mm -hmm. They came to that session really wanting to tackle an issue of the day. Some tools could be used. I'll tell you one that I use a lot, the navigate, flash forward, talking to your elder, wise self, very powerful. So some tools could be used, but trying to talk a client through a saboteur in, in, in 45 minutes to an hour and have a, have a have the session not about the saboteur, but about helping the client was difficult to do. For the clients who were in the program, who were in that 60 program, it was it was seamless. It, it, was, it was beautiful. They were, they were learning as, as they went. Now, for, for them though, coaching them through the program was more about coaching them through the program and not coaching them on a particular a particular challenge they're having. So it's a little different, different version of coaching. It was more of facilitation, helping them to understand the concepts. But I'll tell you, everything changed <laughs> April of this year. Everything changed. And so, and, and even though 2020 China hit, hit here, I'm sorry, COVID hit here in China, it was really, for Shanghai, it was really more on TV. People felt anxious and scared because every day it was how many more infections, how many people are dying. But again, Charles, it was on TV. Yeah. Now in April of this year, sorry, in March of this year, that knocked at the door is COVID, right? COVID was in your complex, in your building, and people really felt a much higher level of fear, concern, and got very, very anxious. So due to this, a colleague of mine who also went through the program is the executive director of the community center here in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. I reached out to her and I said, we need to provide some support for the people here in our community. Because I got to tell you, Charles, people were really thrust into a new lifestyle. There's one thing about working from home and your, your kids and college students are also um, having education at home. That's challenging. But put on top of that, a citywide lockdown. Wow. And in now, China, a huge city, too. A huge city, huge city. And in China, the lockdown initially was you can't leave your building. Yeah. You can't leave your building. Um, you, can, you can't go to the store. You can, you, I mean, literally, they have a wall, a new wall up, and things are, are, are changed. You literally can't leave. So people felt even an even higher sense of anxiety. And I'll tell you something we don't think about. Some of the first people who, who reached out to me, losing the mind, I shouldn't say that, but <laughs> reached out to me in a non, non, in a not, not a good place, were pet owners, dog owners. Because if you can't leave your door, how then do you walk your dog? How yeah. then do you make sure your dog is getting ex exercise and whatnot? So during this time, I reached out to my colleague, Ann, and I said, we've got to do something to support our community here. So I put, I put a request back into my group of coaches, and I think about 14 of us volunteered our time to, to, um, to, be, to be available for coaching. And Charles, we had almost 150 people who took our offer. Oh my That's God. A, lot of, a lot of coaching. Now here's how it ties back to PQ. Yeah. 
Of those 150, I personally coached 40 of them. And think about this. So in a span of about two and a half months, I had an opportunity to coach 40 people. Now, each person is coming in with a different set of concerns. Each, each person is coming in with a different set of needs. So it was, to me, the perfect environment to apply and grow. Now, because I went through the program, and I mentioned to you before that I felt my mental fitness was stronger, the, the very first day we knew we were going to go on lockdown, I said, what is the gift ah, in opportunity yeah, here? Yeah. Right? I said that to myself. And I said two things. I said, the opportunity here is for me to test out and build up my own mental fitness, right? I will not have any negative feelings about lockdown no matter what happens. And I didn't. So that's, that's for me. The opportunity of the gift, the other one, was to help the community. Now I can help the community as, as they suffer. So I had two things that took place. I learned how to better apply and how to grow in, in positive intelligence. Now by apply, I mean my ability to properly apply properly apply the actual tools. How, how well am I able to use a tool? Growing was, how well am I able to select the right tool for the right situation? And those two things, imagine 40 people coming with 40 different issues. I honed, I honed, I honed and honed and grew my ability, not just my own mental fitness, my ability to, to, to really give my client a good outcome in one hour because only one session and you got to you know as you know you have got to go in there knowing what tools to use and use them with conviction conviction and i, I gotta say i was really able to really not just improve my ability but to contribute to the community of suffering during that time not just me other coaches as well wow that that uh you know it sounds like you don't use a particular cookie cutter approach to coaching and so forth. It's based on the specific needs of the client. Uh, and you can, you, you, you learned uh, uh, as part of that gift of how to apply whatever elements of uh, positive intelligence happen to work for, uh, for specific clients. That's, that's fantastic. It's pretty obvious, uh, you know, I'm talking to you that, uh, you have found something that you really, really love to do. Uh, so what, what are some of the things that make you happy? I want to give you two answers. And Charles, I think I told you before, I love talking, so I talk a lot. <laughs> so, um, because I don't feel I, I answered the previous question about the reward part. So I want to talk about the rewards for a moment. So as far as rewards for the COVID coaching I did, it was easing the negative thoughts and emotions during an extreme time of fear, stress, and anxiety of the community. For our program clients, being with them, they, they, the moment that they realize and experience what it's like when their mental fitness muscles have grown. When they come back and say, you know what, Colin, there's a certain situation I could not handle before. Now I'm able to handle it. And they see that. And a good thing about the program is, they're not seeing that six weeks in. They're seeing that two weeks in, three wow. weeks in. They're seeing it very, very quickly because they know now, they're recognizing they're being saboteur and they can first intercept it, intercept it, intercept it, and then later they can take a sage action. And I, I, I tell you, one of the strongest, my turning point in program, and typically a turning point for people in the program is when they start learning about the sage and empathy, and using that childhood picture. 
for a lot of people, that really is a turning point when they say, wow, how, what, how would I have empathy for myself if I'm that little boy or that little girl? So I think that what makes me happy, first of all, those, those, those things make me happy as it applies to positive intelligence. Now, what makes me happy, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, see, it makes you, it sounds like it makes you happy to see what you're actually coaching people actually working with them. I mean, it, it fits, it works. Not only did it work, uh, is it working for them, but but as you said, it works for you. Absolutely. And the cream on top of that is this is my job. Yeah. Oh. Like, very, very rewarding. Very, very rewarding. You're, you're in a dream situation where you love what you're doing and uh, that doesn't make it work. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> sometimes it still feels like work, but it's worth it. <laughs> it is worth it. And yeah, I do want to share. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I do want to share one thing because um, you asked me a question. What makes me happy? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go off course here. Go for it. We go through different phases and chapters in our lives. And the chapter I'm in now is called fatherhood. I've only been here for a little while. And what makes me happy? on the weekends, because on the weekends, I devote 100% of my, my time to my family. I have a three-year-old boy and I have a nine-month-old daughter and I'm not gonna say my wife's age, but I have, I have a beautiful, beautiful wife. And by focusing on them and them only, it gives me such peace of mind. And peace of mind is one of the rewards of, of improved mental fitness. And I'll tell you where I learned this. If I go back a year ago, I only had once my son then a year ago, I would try to fit in on the weekends all the work I didn't get done during the weekdays. So my weekends weren't really, really weekends. I had a conversation with my elder wiser self. And I asked my elder wiser self, what is truly important right now? He said, man, your kids. <laughs> your kids are what's important right now. And I gotta tell you, one thing I've learned. Also through the program is don't fight it. Don't fight it. I listened, I changed, and now all my wife, my kids know come weekend time, it's daddy, 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 daddy. Now I look forward to it so much and it really does make me happy. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now you mentioned earlier that uh, you got into the program and uh, you eventually decided to go through the 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 longer program, the 26-week program uh, towards certification and so forth. What what changed your mind about that? I mean, when you first thought you weren't going to do it and then you decided to do it, what changed your mind? Well, the, the, the power of the pot. Uh -huh. right? the, the power of the pot. And the power of the pot is really, as you go through the program and you have your pod members, the other people who are going through the program with you, uh, accountability, accountability, um, accountability makes whatnot we had five in our pod and a couple of them decided they weren't going to go forward because it sort of clashed with their type of coaching yeah i was on the fence because at that point i still didn't know how to make positive intelligence and the tools a natural part of my coaching what i mean is you can coach a client using positive intelligence only but how do you coach somebody whom you've already had a relationship with and sort of try not to shift it from coaching their needs 
and trying to use these tools to, to, to fill their needs, which might not fit all the time. So I was still sort of, what I say, on the fence on whether or not I want to go forward with the program. We had a, we had a workshop and in that workshop, we had people who were in cohort number five, uh, a lady who was same lady and of the community center who, who went through and was now practicing, had that public practice and myself and a few other people who recently graduated from the short program. And during the next two and a half hours, we talked about the program um, going further, the, the pros, the cons. And I remember my role there was a con. I was saying it's good, but I'm not. Da, 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 da. I don't know what happened during that those two hours. But at the end, I said, well, I'm not sure about this, this, and this. However, I'm going forward with the program. Right? Because the worst case and the worst thing happening is I now have even more uh, tools. I know how to apply them. And I have a certification that has value. Yeah. And you know how to, it, it sounds like uh, the, the principles of positive intelligence have just work their way into you so that becomes a natural part of how you how you coach charles i'm gonna tell you something it goes further than that i think it becomes a natural part of how you live because yeah. i think about these principles every single day not so deep 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 but every day i can say i'm using something in a program that helps me maintain my mental fitness well you're certainly an example of uh, someone for whom uh, positive intelligence works and from the sound of it uh, it seems to work with your your clients as well. Yes sir. So what now uh, suppose you were talking to a, a person who was a coach uh, um, and you wanted to uh, talk to them about the possibility of their learning about positive intelligence and uh, applying it to their uh, practice. What, what kind of advice would you have for them uh, as having PQ being another tool in their coaching toolkit? Well, I'll give, I'll give you this, this example. A, 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 there are, I want to say, between seven to 11 tools in a standard Swiss Army knife. This means one Swiss Army knife can solve seven to 11 different challenges. As coaches, imagine how we can help our clients and a wider range of clients if we have more tools in our toolbox. Problem intelligence is one tool. Now, in that one tool, there are a lot of different tool, tools, yeah. methods in there. But as a coach, I think we have a responsibility to be able to help our clients to reach their goals, whatever those goals may be. In order to do that, we must have the skills. One size does not fit all. One method of coaching does not fit all. Some clients, some clients may feel better with the grow model. Some may feel better with coactive. Some may feel better using positive intelligence. But you have to, you have to determine what tools to use based on that client. So having positive intelligence in your toolbox, I think. If you're able to take part in the program, it provides you with a wider range of skills to really make sure you're helping the client get from where they are now to where they want to be. Well, that's a good analogy of, uh, of using the Swiss Army knife and so forth. It just expands the portfolio of skills you have uh, in, in whatever practices. I want to I want to commend you for talking about uh, of finding coaching, and uh, I was particularly struck by the fact that you found 
what is the gift in being um, isolated in, uh, in with COVID in China? And you've, you're an example of, of uh, Shirzad's uh, comments all the time of you can find a gift in nearly any, any uh, negative circumstance. And you certainly did that. And so I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I can do it. And I don't necessarily think that the glory would not go to me. I'm able to do it because I'm still using the program. I'm still using the program every day. Literally every day I'm doing something in the program. And the reason I'm doing it is, is twofold, twofold. I, I used to run a lot of marathons. I used to run a lot. I'm, I'm running now. I run all year round. I'll tell you why I run all year round. Usually when I was younger, I would stop running around November time period and start running again around March. The running I did in March was terrible. It was slow, it was painful. My body was not at the same fitness level. I'd have to start all over, rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. Then six weeks later, I'm starting to be able to, to run harder and faster. It's the same exact thing. Same exact thing with my mental fitness. Unless I am working on my mental fitness every single day, it'll entropy. I'll start not being able to handle the same situation I'm able to handle now. So for me, it's important to develop that muscle memory and keep building, keep building, keep building up my mental fitness. Now that's the, <laughs> that's the personal, that's the selfish side. That's why I do it. Yeah. The other side is I have clients who have went forward into the growth, growth module. They're going forward and we still, we still coach. So in order for me to really know what they're experiencing, I must also experience it. It's, it's again, experience over theory. We're yeah. not trying to coach them on theory. We're coaching them on things that we actually experience. So a lot of how I try to coach, that's, that's a good thing about positive intelligence. We've all went through the program. We've all went through the program. We know what it feels like. And we know we know <laughs> the saboteurs that come to get us when we start the program. I, I can tell you one, um, when I was in the program, and my clients have echoed this, and my partner makes it too. Uh, not a negative um, um, shot at Shazad, but after a while, his voice would just really, really bother me. <laughs> really, the nasalness in the voice is really, really bothering me. Then the, the repetition of some activities would really, really bother me. But I realized those are just my saboteurs getting defensive. Those are my saboteurs picking up. So me, knowing my experience, when my clients go through the same thing, I say the same thing, right? His voice is really getting on my nerves. We're doing some of the same activities. I'm prepared to help coach them through that. And I'll, I'll tell you something that um, I always say. I had a client of mine, and she mentioned that that the, the, the modules in the program, the first morning one, afternoon one, is the same thing. And it feels very repetitive. And I said, I said to her, think about monks. There are some monks who chant the same, the same lines all day, all day, every day, every day. And it's because that's how you, you get the lesson. So yeah. don't let don't let your saboteurs tell you you're tired of hearing it. Embrace it. Know that the more you do it, the deeper you're going to go. So, you know, it's been a very, very, very good experience for me not just me being able to keep up my, 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 my muscle memory, my mental fitness, but also being able to support my clients as they go through and continue to use the program also. Wow. Well, Colin, this has been a, a pleasure talking to you and hearing about your experience 
uh, not only being introduced to positive intelligence, but of how you've actually applied it to yourself and to your clients in China. Uh, and, you know, we, we have a quite a large audience uh, for this po uh, podcast, not only from coaches around the world, but also people who are interested in the subject itself. How can someone get in touch with you? I mean, not only, I'm sure with the world of Zoom that you're not just uh, restricted to China, but uh, how can someone get in, in, in touch with you uh, if they want yeah. to experience your enthusiasm and your obvious abilities for coaching? The easiest way is just to go to my website, O-L-I-G-Y-E.com. And once you're there, in a few clicks of the button, you can find yourself into how to contact me and my positive intelligence uh, page. I got to say that if you go to my website, take a moment and click on the assessment tab. Take the two assessments. Take, take the, positive intelligence, the, the, the positive intelligence assessment and take the laboratory assessment. And once you do that, Make an appointment with me, and we'll go back through and debrief. One of the one of the things that clients, and even people who don't become clients, they love taking a laboratory assessment because they like learning about what is it, who are the people in my headline to me, right? Who are these people telling me every day, every day negativity, negativity, negativity? Take the assessment, get in contact with me, and we'll go through that. Okay, again, it's 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 uh, old guy. Dot com and that's O L I G Y E. Correct. O L I G Y E dot com. And it's Colin Thompson. And uh, well, just uh, put in a little plug for myself. You can uh, get in contact with me from uh, through charliejetcoaching.com or just through this podcast, uh, podcastpq.com. You can go to earlier episodes and listen not only to other coaches as to how they apply positive intelligence to their niche, but also uh, different different coaches that actually talk about the various sage powers and saboteurs themselves. And again, like I, I stress what Colin said, go to the website, uh, go, to, go to Colin's website and take the assessments and, and learn a little bit about these saboteurs and then take his advice about how you can build the kind of mental muscles to really apply this on a day-to-day -day basis. And if you're a coach that's been contemplating positive intelligence, you can certainly sense the enthusiasm and affect its head on Colin. Well, I want to thank you again, Colin, for joining me. It's been a lot of fun uh, and I wish you all the best. Charles, thank you for having me on. And I got to say that this, this podcast, this experience, it's just like how I feel after my coaching sessions using PQ. This is actually a battery charging experience. I feel I feel energized right now. So well, you, you got me energized too, Colin. So you are a good coach. And I, I recommend people uh, contacting you. And for all of you who've uh, tuned in and are listening to this particular episode, I want to thank all of you for joining us. And we'll see you soon in our next podcast PQ episode when we'll discuss the practical application of positive intelligence in a different area of interest. So